At the end of the book of Revelation, uh, John writes, and I'll just pick a few of these verses here to kind of summarize. It says this beautiful, beautiful picture. It says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. You skip down a little bit and it says, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's say that together. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's try that. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. All right, let's try that one more time. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Just, just once more. You've got to do it in threes, right? Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Did you mean it? Now, some of you do mean it. Others of you, you're like, amen, come Lord Jesus, in a, in a couple of years maybe. Not right now. Maybe just a little bit later. You know, I, I used to feel that way. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I used to feel that way. I think the older you get, the more you're anxious for heaven. So some of you, I mean, you're really anxious for heaven. Um, but that doesn't matter. I'm not looking at anybody. Um, it's just the way that it is. But I mean, I think when you're younger, you, you think, you know, man, I really want Jesus to come later. Uh, you know, I, I'd really like to kind of do some things. I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, I'd like to experience life, get out on my own, do some things, uh, you know, and then Jesus could come. And really at the root of that, and the root of it for, for all of us, I think, is this, is we have this, this belief that what we've got planned for us in the future is better than what God has planned for us in the future. That, that's just the crux of the matter. It's this belief that, man, what we've got in store for ourselves is better than what God's got in store for ourselves. I mean, in heaven's for eternity, right? So what's a few more years here? I mean, it's not that big of a deal in the scheme of things. And that's sort of our thought. And I have to admit that I I really wrestled with the idea of heaven. I mean, heaven really sounded like a better alternative than the the other alternative of of hell. And so I knew I didn't want to go there, but I wasn't sure that I really wanted to be in heaven like right now. And it wasn't until I heard a New Testament Greek professor over at Ozark Christian College talk about heaven. His name's Kenny Bowles. He's actually got a whole Bible study on heaven. um, That I really started to get excited about heaven. And so this morning, I want to talk about heaven. I want us to think about heaven. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow a lot of uh, Brother Bowles' material um, because he's just spent a lot of time thinking about heaven. Uh, but one of the things that we can uh, affirm, that, that we saw in our reading this week, is that heaven is made out of uh, eternal beauty. I mean, heaven is a beautiful, beautiful place. And we get kind of stuck with the temporal beauty of the earth. Because we just enjoy it so much. Uh, last night, our family went over to uh, uh, the, the Beatles family. We were outside enjoying the lovely weather. The kids were out playing in the, the yard. And, and it's just so nice and so pretty and green. And the trees are nice. I mean, it's easy to kind of get stuck, you know, thinking that this is, you know, this is great. And it is great. I was talking with a guy a few weeks ago who'd moved here right after World War II. And he told me, uh, he said, you know, this is heaven's waiting room. Kentucky is heaven's waiting room. And I've been a lot of places. And I'll tell you what, I I agree with him. I think this is one of the more beautiful places you can be. I I think it is heaven's waiting room, perhaps. But it's not heaven. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it may be close as far as we're concerned, but it's not there yet. You know, I love the seasons. You know, the fall is beautiful. The leaves changing color and the green and the, all the plants coming alive. And, you know, and I even like snow more than we get here. You know, I like all of those things. 
And I suspect that there's not anybody here that doesn't like the, the grandeur of the mountains or the vastness of the ocean. And, and we'll all pause if we're at the right moment to enjoy the sunset. Don't, don't we all enjoy that? And we get stuck and we think, man, this is beautiful. But the problem is that by heaven's standards, we're all legally blind. You, you know that, don't you? By heaven's standards, we're all legally blind. Blind. I, we've got a graphic here of the, the amount of light the human eye can, can, can perceive. See that little green strip up there? That's the visible light that you can have. And then beyond that, it goes out to the ultraviolet and the infrared and the x-rays and the microwaves and the radio and the gamma rays. And John Smith is going to offer an entire symposium on this later. Um, I'm not going to go, but you're, you're welcome to come. And, and I mean, but this would, this is the light that exists. But, but we don't see that. You know, uh, but, but I mean, what, what would the world look like if you could conceive all of those things? And it's not just light. I mean, it's, it's hearing too, isn't it? Uh, we, we love to listen to things. You know, we love music. Everybody likes to listen to music, maybe some music. You know, we all like to listen to that. But, but I mean, last night as we were outside, we we're enjoying all the bugs that come. You know, I like to listen to bugs. I don't like it when the bugs want to come visit with me. I, I just like to listen to them from afar. You know, the crickets in concert. It's beautiful. But you know, according to heaven, we're all legally deaf. Let, let's, we'll pull up another graphic here of what you can hear. That's the piano range. Uh, and then that, the blue box is out there beyond that. And then out of there is, you know, sound that we know exists and that actually goes in an infinite direction either which way, I suppose. But, but I mean, that's all that we can hear. And, and so according to heaven's standards, we're all legally deaf. And I just want to think about that with you for a second. If God who created your eye and created light, and if God who created your ear and He created sound... If God created those things and then created beauty for you to enjoy it, my question I want to ask you is if He created an infinite spectrum of light and sound, do you think He ran out of creativity when He was giving you an ear and giving you an eye? I think the answer is absolutely not. God has the capacity to give you uh, far more vision than you have, far more hearing than you have. And I suspect that when you get to heaven, you will be able to see two, three times, maybe an infinite number of times, the amount of light you see today. And so the world you look at would be infinitely more beautiful. And the sounds you hear would be infinitely more majestic. But God isn't content to stop there, is He? The Scripture says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. You know, let's just... Let's just pause for a moment. All of the things that we desire in life, God gave us those desires. God gave us those drives. The, the desire for beauty, the desire for beautiful sound, for, for images, the desire for food, the desire... I mean, all the desires we have, God has given us those desires and He's given us the ability to satisfy those desires. And God, when we get to heaven, is going to not only increase our ability to have those desires but He's going to increase our ability to satisfy those desires. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? What a wonderful thing to think about heaven being eternally beautiful. And if you read through the text, John describes the throne as being made of all these precious stones. And you can just kind of in your mind see what that would look like, sparkling and colorful. And then he says, and not only that, but a rainbow surrounds the whole thing. And then there's sounds of thunder and all of this stuff. And it's just a sensory overload. And John's probably completely overwhelmed. Because he's got this earthly ear and this earthly eye. But can you imagine what that would be like to see it uh, with heavenly ears and heavenly eyes? And we'll be able to be there in the throne room uh, praising God and listening to 
uh, worshiping and just staring at him and his majesty and his beauty. I mean, what an amazing thing to be able to do. But, but let's, just, let's just think realistically about this for a second. So we've got this infinite new vision and we've got this infinite new sense of hearing and we've got God there to look at. And we're all sort of seated in the heavenly choir, listening to the music and looking at God. Just looking at God. And, I mean, how long do you think you could do that for? I mean, I fall asleep when I go to the symphony. I, I've been once. I, I fell asleep and I decided I didn't need to go pay to do that again. I mean, how, how long can you do that for? I mean, let's be honest. You sit, you, you get a little tired after a while, right? I mean, I, I think you might get a little tired. Some of you are like, no, I never get tired of that. I, I, I guess I have a bad experience because, you know, my mom, she, she's, uh, she's into art. And so we would sometimes go to art museums. And she would go to this gallery and she'd look at this painting. And she'd just look at it. And I'd look at the painting and I'd seen it. I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to move on. Let's go look at this. There's another one over here. Let's go. This is not the only one. There's more. Well, you guys can go ahead. I'm going to look at this one. And so my sister and dad and I, we would go. We would go and we'd finish that gallery and we'd come back and she'd still be at that painting. And we'd say, hey, listen, we're going to, you know, there's, there's exhibits here too. We're going to go look at those. And so we'd go and, and I remember being the Denver Museum of Art. We went through the entire thing and she was still in the same gallery. Uh, I mean, she'd move like two or three paintings down, but that was it. You know, I, I get tired I mean, you could run a marathon, but man, when you're in the art museum, you take like 10 steps and you're like, man, my legs hurt. They hurt. My legs hurt so bad. I need to sit down. I need to rest because I'm tired. I mean, let's think about just staring at God, right? I mean, staring at God for, I mean, let's say you could do it for a year, just staring at God for a year. Maybe some of you with great stamina could go 10 20 years. I mean, just looking at God. And see, this, is, this gets at another problem that I had with heaven. Because I thought that's kind of what it was. You know what I mean? Just, and when we get to heaven, I mean, you've heard this. Joe, Joe said this. Don't say anything. I mean, the worship leader would always say, I remember going to camp. You remember the old overhead projector with that little cellophane sheet with the words on it? And they'd flip that on. And then the words would come up on the screen kind of in that weird keystone shape. And, and you'd sing. And then they'd flip the next one on. And, and then, you know, about three songs into it, they'd be like, man, in heaven, we're going to do this forever. And I'll be honest, I like singing. But I break out into a cold sweat because I just kind of have this, this image of like the heavenly song leader in a giant cardboard box full of all of these cellophane transparencies and he's dragging them out. He's like, we're going to do this. And then we sing all the songs and he's like, hey, but wait, I got a hymnal over here. And he brings out a box of hymnals and it's the Methodist hymnal and the Presbyterian hymnal and the Christian church hymnal and the Church Christ hymnal. We don't use instruments for that one. And, you know, brings all these hymnals out and we distribute them. And then we all start singing. And when we get done with that, he's like, all right, it's back to the transparencies. And then we come back. I mean, how long could you do that for? I mean, I, I'm done in, a, in an hour, in like a year, now eternity. I mean, I, I, it's a little overwhelming, I'll be honest with you. And so I thought to myself, you know, I, I don't want to go to hell, but man, that just doesn't sound like something I have to get to right away. You know, maybe when I get older, I'll appreciate that. But right now, I'm just not real anxious to experience that. Be, because we thought, man, all heaven is is just kind of sitting and looking at God. And listening, and looking, and listening, and that's it. 
But you know, there's another thing about heaven. Uh, I don't know if you caught it in the, the very few words we read. It says the spirit and the bride say, come. This, this heaven that we're going to is not just a, a beauty fest or an art gallery or a symphony. There, there's a feast here. Heaven is an eternal party. It's an eternal celebration. That's one of the things we missed. Now, it's, it's really great. It sounds so holy, doesn't it, to be in church and sing songs and Joe to say, you know, I hope you like this because when we get to heaven, we're going to do this a lot. Man, that sounds good. I'm for that. And I think you should say that because we are going to sing in heaven. I know that. And I know we're going to sing a lot in heaven. I'm okay with that. But there's another thing we're going to do. We're going to eat. I mean, we are. Jesus' favorite image of heaven. What is Jesus' favorite image? He says, the kingdom of heaven is what? It's like a wedding banquet. How many times does Jesus say that? He says a whole bunch. The kingdom of heaven is like a a celebration. It's a party. It's like a a father that lost his son and then they kill this calf and then they all get together and they eat. I mean, that's that's what heaven's like. It's this big, you know, big buffet, this big dinner. But, you know, we don't at Pollock's pray and say, you know, hey, church, I hope you like eating because when we get to heaven... Well, we're going to do this a lot. I mean, you don't hear that. But couldn't you get excited about that? Man, I could, I could get excited about that. I mean, let's think of weddings and celebrations. You know, nobody really likes the service. Let's just really be honest with each other. I do like a 20-minute wedding, and that's it. Because I know that people don't come to hear me. They didn't come to hear the bride and groom sing karaoke, endless love to each other in the middle of the service either. They didn't come for that. They came to celebrate. And then they came, and they want to they enjoy the reception. That's what it's about. They want to get there and celebrate this. And when we get to heaven, that's what's going to be. It's not all about karaoke and it's not about, you know, a sermon. There's going to be this great heavenly party that's taking place. And you go, you come up to the banquet table and you eat and you walk away and wait for it. You've not gained any weight. What do you think about that, church? you got this perfect metabolism and this perfect food. And so you can eat as a holy exercise and never gain any weight. So you are surrounded by eternal, perfect beauty at this great, eternal party. What a beautiful thing that this is going to be. But let's stop for a second because we're not just a mouth, right? You know, we're not, we're not just a mouth that wants to sing or a mouth that wants to eat. I mean, one of my last thoughts about heaven that I had problems with was, you know, it seemed to sort of focus a lot on just like what I was going to say or listen or eat. You know, there's more to heaven than that. Um, one of the last images in the book of Revelation is that the tree of life uh, shows back up. Uh, you know, it's the bookends. If you followed along with us, you remember the tree of life was in Genesis, and now it's here in Revelation. And in between the two uh, is God's plan on how to get uh, the, that restored, how to get that back. And so if we want to know what heaven is like, we've got to go a little bit back to the beginning, and we've got to ask ourselves, what, what did it look like around the tree of life to begin with? And when we look at that, we realize that heaven is going to be this perfect place to live for eternity. And it's not just because we're going to be eating, and it's not just because we're going to be uh, singing, but it, there's going to be other things to do there. You know, what, what was Adam's job? Adam had a job in the garden. He was supposed to discover and name the animals, right? He was supposed to name all of the animals. There was a, there was a, a process of learning that was involved. You know, God has an infinite amount of knowledge. When you get to heaven, I suspect you won't have an infinite amount of knowledge, but I suspect you will learn something new every day because we've got an infinite amount of time to do that. 
You know, in heaven, we will learn something new every day. We will discover something new every day. God will teach us something new, reveal something new to, to us every day. In heaven, you might have a job. Uh, and not a job that, that you hate. Not a job that is disproportionate for your reward to your labor. But a perfect job. You know, in, in the garden, we know that Adam was there to take care of the garden. He was going to be a gardener. He was going to be a tender. He's going to be a discoverer. He's going to be a learner. In heaven, that might be your job. You might be an explorer, a discoverer. Uh, this is going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. Your job might be to map out this new world. Your job might be to sing in the heavenly choir. Your job might be to create something. I don't know what your job is going to look like in heaven, but I suspect that we will all have something that, that we do that is incredibly satisfying. Uh, in heaven, we will have an incredible uh, depth for relationships that, that we don't have now. Um, man, we could go on and on about heaven. I think this one's important. Now, let's talk about this. Jesus, one of his phrases about heaven is uh, talking about this gal that gets married and her husband dies and then she remarries and then he dies and then she remarries. And this goes on seven times. And they ask her, whose husband is she going to be or whose wife is she going to be in eternity? And he says, well, you don't get it because in heaven it doesn't work like that. You know, we're not given or, or, or in marriage. And, and a lot of people are troubled by that because they're like, well, you know, well, can't we be friends or can't we you know, be married? I don't know that that's the issue. I think what God is getting at, what Christ is getting at, is that there's going to be a whole new level of intimacy. We go back to the garden and we see that Adam and Eve are there. It says they're naked. They feel no shame. Um, there's this level of intimacy that they have with each other. And we have every reason to believe that if they had children, that that level of intimacy would have continued among all people. I, I suspect in heaven we'll be able to have perfect relationships with each other, not, not hindered by the problems we have today with sexuality. You know, you think about it, sex gets in the way of a lot of our relationships. Um, you know, if I, if, I, if I come up to a woman here at church, I'm, I put my arm around her and I sit a little too close, a little bit too long, people start to go, well, what's, what's that all about? Why is, why is he doing that? What was the problem there? There's, there's that sexual problem. People are going, is, is he, what's, what's, what's going on? If I come up to a man and I put my arm around him and I sit there a little too, too close, a little too long, he'll look at me and say, what are you doing? What's up with that? What's the problem there? Is that, that sexual problem again? You know, it gets between us. In heaven, I suspect that, that what Christ is getting at is that we'll have this capacity to have these perfect relationships. So we're going to have this perfect party in this beautiful place. We're going to have perfect jobs. We're going to have a perfect uh, relationship capacity for, for, all, uh, for everybody. Uh, heaven is a wonderful place. If you look through the end of the book, you see that there's other things here. And we don't even have time to get into all what heaven is probably going to be like. But, but we see it's going to be free from sin. It's going to be free from chaos. It's going to be free from darkness. It's going to be free from sadness. It's going to be free from death. It's going to be free from pain. It's going to be perfect forever. I suspect it will also be free of tiredness. You know, tiredness. Some of you may be tired this morning kind of tired like I was talking about, you know, going to the museum, being tired. I got tired the other day. Um, you know, we're out in the backyard. Caleb and I were throwing the baseball. This goes on for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, creeping up on an hour here. And, you know, I'm starting to get tired. You know, I mean, this got to chase this ball all over and he's got to chase this ball all over and it's got to go over the fence a couple of times and you know I'm getting kind of tired of this but you know what's interesting is he could do this all day long 
and be perfectly satisfied with that. And I suspect that in heaven, we won't get tired. I suspect that in heaven, there will be small things like that that we could do forever that would bring us the same amount of delightment and and enjoyment as it does to children today. Maybe in heaven the best thing to say is that we will be forever and eternally perfectly young and full of wonder at everything that it is that meets our eyes. And that can be great. Scripture says there's one way to get to heaven. Worship team's going to come up. There's only one way to get there. Jesus says there's, there's one way to the Father, and that's through me. And so this morning, if you're... If you say, you know what, man, I'd like to have that promise. I don't want to be tired. I'm looking forward to, to what that's going to be like. I want you to know that, that you can have it. Everybody can have it. You can have it in Christ. This morning, if you need to receive him, we'll invite you to come forward.